Welcome to Season 2 of Terrace Truth Talkin'. I'm Joanna Bonaro, creator of the series Good and Screwed, and out of that came these podcasts. Is this a real Welcome to Terrace Truth Talkin'. I'm Joanna Bonaro, and today is Wednesday, and under Wednesday, which is our fitness category, I've created a subset for physical therapy. And to talk about physical therapy is, hello, a physical therapist (laughs) who has been my physical therapist for many years and whom I love. But I didn't bring her on for her for her expertise, which is astounding. I brought her on because I love her and she's got the best laugh in the whole world. So thank you for coming on, Melissa Russo-Franco. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes. Now, and you have to laugh at some point because will, everybody's going to have to hear. <laughs> I will laugh a ton. <laughs> Melissa currently works at Corinthian Physical Therapy, which is very conveniently located midtown. Yes. Right near Grand 40, Central. Right near Grand Central. Yeah. And she has a doctorate of physical therapy from Temple Temple University, Temple University yeah. among her many other scholastic achievements. And uh, she's skilled in injury prevention and neck pain, which is how I was introduced to her, sports injuries, rehab and physical therapy, and uh, and the list goes on. So instead of my saying what's what what your wonderful expertise is, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was in first my bachelor's in physical therapy or bachelor's in science at the University of Buffalo. And after completing my four years there, I decided that I wanted to work with the performing arts community. Um, So I handed down this physical therapy office, which used to be where Steps is on the Upper West Side. It's a dance studio. I remember. I used to go to that. Yes. I didn't know that. I just found that out now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we were like on the floor right below Steps. And we, there was a Pilates studio that he owned next to it as well. And we had um, the great opportunity to work with a man who worked with Joseph Pilates. And so we incorporated a lot of our physical therapy with Pilates. And then I would work there during the day. And then at night we would go to the Broadway shows and go backstage. And I was given three months trial. (laughs) And they said, if the theater people do not like you, you will be fired. So I said, okay. So I'll give this a shot. Okay. So that that gave you a huge amount of confidence, (laughs) right? So I was Freaking out at the age of 21, um, just trying to – I hope everyone would like me, and thank God it all worked out. And I worked there for many years, and then I decided – well, I met my husband, and he took me out to – Who's a real hottie, by the way, guys. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) And uh, he dragged me out to New Jersey. So so for a few years, I worked at um, Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey, um, worked for the theater community there, as well as the New Jersey Ballet. And I also then changed gears and did – what you would call, I guess, uh, Iron, the Iron Man competition, which is the crazy. You um, did that? Uh, no, I did not do it. Oh no, I helped people that were in the competition okay. um, get back to you know healing or a lot of uh, hamstring strains and all kinds of things. Crazy things happen while they're training for this crazy. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess this course. And uh, then my friend Heidi Green contacted me, and she's like, "Would you want to come back to New York?" And at that point, um, physical therapy was really changing, and I was getting very frustrated that I couldn't treat for an hour. 
And I really wanted to get back to that. And so I said, well, let me see if it'll work. And I asked my husband if, you know, could I come back to New York and work in New York? Yeah, because you have a family and also it's a question of... Right, and I had two boys and they were very young. Right, could we balance it? his job and your... Right. So he said, if you can make it work, go for it. Because he knew I was miserable and he wanted me to be happy. And we worked it out. And I'm here three days a week. And I still do backstage on Broadway per diem. And uh, everything is very balanced and I'm very happy. So I hope it continues that way. Yeah, I have to say I want to backtrack because Mm -hmm. uh, I had uh, neck problems at one point. It's like five or six years ago. I I couldn't turn my head. (laughs) <laughs> to the right. <laughs> it True. just, I couldn't do it. Right. And I went into the MRI and did stuff, which we'll talk about later, about for, for women over 40 when you have problems and when you need it. But I found out about, I had, I had been sent to other physical therapy places. And what I, they were all very, very good. Mm-hmm. But what I never really liked was the fact that it wasn't hands-on and you really weren't one-on-one. The therapists were in charge of how many people at a certain time. So they'd spend five minutes with you, tell you what exercises to do, and then they'd leave you. And and I never found it because I was in so much pain. Right. Really helpful, to tell you the truth. Right. And, and again, part of my problem wasn't the exercising. It was I couldn't move. <laughs> Right. So then I was told about Corinthian, and there are a lot of wonderful therapists there, but I got you. (laughs) (laughs) So, and we hit it off right away. Mm -hmm. And Melissa started, Melissa gives us exercises and all, but she started really doing, uh, I don't know what the technical term is, but hands-on adjustments. Yeah, it's considered manual physical therapy. Okay. So, um, or functional manual therapy, where you're really assessing the soft tissues of somebody's um, body, whether, you know, if there's um, pliability to it, is there restrictions in it? Is it causing a restriction because of the tissue or is the bone causing the restriction or something with your alignment? Um, And then we assess that through posture and, you know, through several tests that we do. And then we determine, you know, what, where is the core problem coming from? And you did. And what, what I thought was phenomenal was I could literally, and I've always been very limber and pretty physically fit. And then all of a sudden I can't turn my chin an inch to the right. right. And after working with Melissa, it took around what, three or four months. Yeah. And yeah, going, I think I was going twice a week and, and through that, that the exercises, but also the, what's the term you just used again? A manual therapy. Manual therapy. <laughs> Why can't I remember that? That's easy, right? Um, manual therapy. The torture. The, yes. <laughs> the manual torture. But I don't mind that, actually. You know, it's like, yeah, go, sure, dig in. And uh, and I, all of a sudden, I could move. And I thought that was wonderful. And yeah. along with every single time we have a session, we kind of have a lot of fun. We do. We yeah. do. Yeah. You get to know a lot about your patients, which is a kind of a fun and amazing thing. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times I think people's tension and a lot of their stress and a lot of what's ailing them is something that's deeper than what I can do. And and getting that out of somebody and finding out what the, the real core problem is, you know, whether it's stress at home or stress at work or stress in their life, I feel that if we kind of get to that during our treatment, and that's why my treatments are also very talkative because I like to keep also to distract the patient from what I'm doing to them because I'm physically hurting them. <laughs> but on top of that, um, the fact that, you know, a lot of these things are a lot of things that we go through in life is because of 
things that we're not thinking about or things that we're burying in ourselves. And I think through doing this for almost 20 years now, I just feel that, you know, if I can really find out what's really bothering the person or what's really holding them back or causing this neck pain or this low back pain, it kind of helps get that person better faster. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that you kind of have to become their therapist as well. Crazy like that. Well, also because you really you're just you you spend what is it, it it's a it's an hour appointment. It's a one on one hour and it's one on one and it's, it's literally private. yeah it's private and it's one on one and the cost is really the same. It's covered by it was covered by I've had two or three insurances through yeah, the years sure. and it's always been covered. Sure, uh, and. And what was great was that it was one-on-one. And I think for me, that I'm the type of patient that appreciated it, whereas normally I'm like, no, 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 I don't need one-on-one. It's okay. Don't pay attention. I loved I loved the fact that for, for the pain and the physical ailments that I had, that I could go to yeah, Corinthian and, you, and Melissa. And you really can't get um, that kind of benefit in any therapy situation unless you're treating someone for at least 45 minutes to mm-hmm. an hour. Um, they're not getting the benefit of it. And that's what that's why I decided to come back to New York because I said if I cannot do this and do what I was trained to do, I don't want to do it at all um, because it's really important that you get that hour session to focus on everything you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And you, you need that time. Yeah. Uh, and you cannot do that treating four to five patients in an no, hour. No, it's just um, not feasible. So I know. Because the podcast is is targeted to the women women who are in our forties, fifties, and sixties, mm-hmm. I asked Melissa also to come on not to talk about my problems, but to talk <laughs> about the common problems that she encounters for women within a certain age range because of the just the living and wear and tear. And we wanted to talk about you said one of the primary things, primarily a lot of things that happen for women, especially. Let's talk about the whole. Let's talk about menopause. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so menopause, unfortunately, or perimenopause even, mm-hmm. um, for especially in your 40s and 45 and up, um, you're unfortunately, because of the hormonal imbalances and everything that's going on, a lot of women develop migraines, which mm-hmm. they've never had in their life. And then all of a sudden, they're getting these searing migraines. I had my first migraine two years ago. Oh. I didn't even know what it was. Right. Did it, you see, like, I, I you just, had to go in a dark room? I got this this uh, this electrifying pain in my whole head and behind my eyes and I was in rehearsals and I and I had to perform and I finally went into the I came back from rehearsal which was in New Jersey so it took me an hour and a half and of course there was I know about that traffic through the tunnel and I was beyond I, I couldn't yet yeah, lights were killing me yes yeah and I didn't understand and I kept on taking you know, Advil and ibuprofen and and then I finally I said I have to, I have to go to the emergency room yeah so I went to the emergency room told them that I had these problems and they rushed me through and I didn't even know why I was like this is my heart because they all thought I was I was brain hemorrhaging right they worry about a stroke or meningitis or something right right. and which is I found out later on my husband wasn't telling me because he didn't want to get me upset sure and they did the MRIs and they did I I got it I haven't got a spinal tap tap? yeah and then they found out that I I had a migraine that's amazing so yeah. so um, this is very debilitating for women. Like they have to call out of work. They um, sometimes have to leave work. It sometimes leads to vomiting. Um, 
I don't see how anyone could work when you have a migraine. No, they can't. It's, they literally it would be miraculous. They, yeah, I mean, I had a woman yesterday who came in in the morning and she's like, "Can I get in this morning because I'm literally feel the migraine coming on and I need it to be stopped." And that's where we come in and we'll um, release a lot of the spasms and the tried to get the tissue to calm down as well as neutralize the spine and keep it in a neutral position. Because a lot of these women have this crazy forward head posture from hours at, at their desk. You know, they're spending hours on the computer and this, on their phones and in meetings. And they're constantly sitting and they're slouched and their head's going forward. And they don't realize during that whole time your neck and your shoulder muscles are on fire. And, um, you know, the body can only take so much. And because of menopause and also because as we get older, unfortunately, we're losing the elasticity in our muscles, the bone mass, the tissue pliability and fluid, that everything gets tight and stiff quickly. And um, so this has to be addressed. So with a lot of the menopausal women and with migraines, we work a lot on posture and as well as getting the soft tissue and doing the proper stretches daily stretching in the neck. And then also I always tell them, undo what you did all day. So if you were sitting all day, the last thing I want to hear about you doing is sitting watching TV. If you want to watch TV, you need to lay down because you need to get that stress off your neck. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, it's a huge thing. And like I always, also hydration. A lot of women, they drink a ton of coffee all day. They're not drinking water or enough water. So water is a big thing. And that stretching of the neck, I know... You gave me a lot of neck stretches, which I hadn't yeah. even thought of. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Stretching in the neck is huge, and like, and holding like no one realizes. I always say, time yourself, because they're like, I say, hold the stretch, you know, anywhere from thirty seconds to a minute, and they're like, I never realized how long that is. This is super long. Like mm -hmm. you don't think about how long thirty seconds to a minute is, because we're like always running, 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 and we never stop, especially here. Um, so it's, uh, it's very important to be stretching daily. And like I say, undo what you did all day. Okay. Um, that's really important. Also, uh, after menopause only because we're older, uh, is that whole, the, the posture and that dowager's hump that you see mm -hmm. older women have. Right. And how, what can women do to, to prevent that? Or what awareness should they have? Or I know it, or, it, you know, besides saying, well, sit up straight. But even I know I always thought I was very aligned and mm -hmm. I don't have a widow's bump. Right. But I know at one point you said to me, Joanna, your shoulders are rolled forward and I didn't even realize it. Right. So it's a question of, I know you had said to me, do, do shoulder rolls and... Um, shoulder rows, pec stretching is huge. Stretching out the pecs, which are the front muscles in front of your chest, um, is really huge because as we get older, we start to lose the muscles and the strength in between our shoulder blades. So our back, basically, you know, where your bra line is. And all those muscles we stop using because we're slouching and we're sitting all the time. We're not using those back muscles. So when I say is like a lot of the times I give people exercises to strengthen up those muscles between their shoulder blades, whether it's rowing or um, doing some kind of like Superman or, or stuff like that to get their back stronger. And then you have to release everything in the front of your chest because it's pulling everything forward. Mm -hmm. And women don't think about that. And another huge thing about that is your bra. Women who have a chest – 
wear bras that they should not be in. I always say it's not good to be in a in, in a very loose or strappy bra if you're heavy chested. You have to be in a very supportive bra. And patients get so mad at me because they're <laughs> like, I'm not wearing the Playtex 18-hour bra. And I said, well, it's either that or you're going to continue to have – pain and they put the bra on for the first time and I kid you not they always come back and they're like this bra is amazing Melissa you were right how many <laughs> times in I your know. life have you ever heard Melissa you were right I just said someone called me the other day and they're like the doctor said this you were right I was like well I mean I've only been doing this for 20 years so when are you going to start believing me um you know, I guess it must be how young I look all the time. Everyone always says, like, well, oh, yes, you look so young. She looks like she's 25. <laughs> I always say to her, you're my baby. And she looks at me like, I'm like, well, yeah, actually, you could be. So there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, but bras are huge. And you have to look at good bras. And I always say everyone should probably get fitted every few years with a bra specialist. There's so many here in the city and you can really um they're really great at what they do and they can really fit you and you would have no idea like, oh my God, I'm not that cup size anymore because as, you know, into your forties and above, your everything changes. Your your muscle mass changes. So that means your breast mass is gonna change. Like, yes, the breast is mostly made out of fat, but the you have your pecs there. And you have uh your intercostals and your other muscles and your shoulders and everything's changing. So of course, your bra size is going to change as well. It's very important. Well, let's talk about something that I've just become aware of, and thank goodness I'm not suffering from, but Melissa had said to me, this is something that seems to be common too for women as as they age. Frozen shoulder syndrome. Yes. It's got a catchy phrase. I know, right? It's kind of, it's kind of scary. It sounds um, tasty. <laughs> it's tasty. <laughs> it's like frozen. Um Frozen shoulder, to this day, no one knows why it happens. But mm-hmm. they, they're they finding that it does happen in women more than men. And it usually happens to women who are going into that menopause stage of their life or they're, you know, from 45 and above. And you'll wake up one morning for no reason or um, start to notice that your your shoulders are stiff. And, like, I can't raise my – it's usually one arm. It's never both. Um, and you'll – I can't raise my arm. Oh, I can't put my bra on. And then it gets stiffer and stiffer. And then it what's called the freezing phase. And then it freezes. And at that point, you panic and you go to the doctor and they tell you, oh, yeah, you have frozen shoulder. And by freezing, you mean it, you can't you can't move. You cannot move. Right. You cannot that's, move your that's shoulder. That's scary. It's very scary. And it's like, you know, the one lady was like, I thought, like, I was having a stroke. I didn't know what was happening. I, I couldn't move my arm. And... I don't understand. I thought I was becoming paralyzed. And it's this swelling and what they call adhesive capsulitis, which is a swelling in the shoulder capsule and scar tissue that forms. And you literally cannot move your arm. And um, physical therapists then come in and, well, you, your doctor sends you to a physical therapist. And it's torture. It's it, it's torture for us, too. I want everyone to know that. And to, you know, get that person to mobilize their shoulder again and to get it moving. And it takes a lot of work out of the patient. They have to, you know, be very diligent about it. And um, do, you have, do they have to ice it or heat it? What do you have heat, to do for that? They, they would heat it. So, they would heat it. Yeah, you have to try to keep it warm and so that you want to keep it mobile. I always say to them, like, make sure you take a hot shower in the morning and stretch in the shower and raise your arm up and just get it mobilizing. But it's a long process and it, t- it can take up to a year. Um, to unfreeze and it's terrible and and um, and is there any way to 
to prevent that or is is it they, there's theories there they think that for women like you stop doing certain things that you don't realize anymore like you start raising stop raising your arm above your head like think about it when's the last time you raised your arm besides putting like deodorant on or shaving your armpit um, well i know just because i'm a, i'm aware of movement too right. but i i'm always trying to touch the edge of my bra strap right, right. by lifting my you know, your elbow to the ceiling almost and touching the middle of your spine and i will do those stretches because i i must be able to touch in between my shoulder bra- blades to my bra strap <laughs> and if right. and if i haven't done it like I, I know i hadn't been doing it for a while because i i had some other issues and i just wasn't thinking about that right. and then i tried one arm and it was oh great and then i tried the other arm and there was two inches uh, less distance right or more distance and i got really upset and i said oh no this is not acceptable i have to start doing this again <laughs> Yeah, so when you when you think about it that way, it's like so they think that the stretching, and they think also because we start um, being more sedentary, so we're not using, you know, we're not working out, we're not using our muscles as much anymore. A lot of it, we're not lifting our kids anymore. You know, you're not doing these arduous tasks anymore. So they think that could be part of it, or they don't know if that if it's it or a hormonal imbalance or what it is. But honestly, they, no one really knows why. No it one knows, and it no. affects one's shoulder. Yes. Which is so strange. Right. All right. And what the scary part is, is like sometimes, unfortunately, one will thaw and then within a few months or a year, the other one will freeze. And it's just it, it's just so debilitating and it's, you know, it's so upsetting. So I always tell my patients, make sure you're stretching every day. Make sure you're doing some sun salutation and yoga, you know, something to move your arms up. Make circles with your arms every day. Just move. Move. Um, and and unfortunately, we all think again, we're moving, but we're not. We're not, we're not stretching, moving. Right. We don't realize how thoughtfully, often, thoughtfully, carefully. Um, we're not. We're the computer has really dampened or caused all these new injuries in the last mm, twenty years, I guess. And um, people don't realize that where arms are down all the time. You know, think about it: texting, calling people. Um, now everything is, you know, uh, wireless. So we're not. Why are we using our arms for anything? Unless you know, you have nice high cabinets in your house or a <laughs> closet where you can put like your clothes away or something like that. Other than that, we're we're really not. Um, so, yeah, so frozen shoulder is definitely something to watch out for. Or okay. if you start to feel symptoms, you need to go to the doctor right away. Right away. Don't yeah. say, oh, it'll go away. It's not going to go away. It will not go away. It will not go away. And if you okay, start everybody to feel- listen to that. Yes. It's not going to go away. It's going to get worse. Right. And even perhaps if you just think or have an inkling and, oh, the doctor's going to think I'm crazy – Right. I would say better safe than sorry. And the right? doctor will not think you're crazy. And a lot of the times the doctor gives a, what is a cortisone shot? Mm-hmm. And that helps to stop the freezing from happening. Oh, So okay. that's, that will slow the process down and they'll get you into therapy right away. And it's really important that if you start to feel like your arm is getting stiff or you're losing motion in your arm, you go to the doctor right away. You go to the orthopedic right away. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to yet one another, another one of the many. These are so pleasant. These are, this, is so, this is so uplifting. So, All the ailments that you will be facing. Here yes. we go. But I think I think. Hey, look, we don't we don't all like it, but it's going to happen to all of us. So, right, in some way or uh, another. In some way or another. <laughs> I know. I get I get a lot of this stuff. Let's talk about 
uh, osteoporosis. Mm. So osteoporosis or osteoarthritis starts to occur at, after the age of 40 because of loss of bone mass. We produce the most amount of bone or we're finished producing all the bone we're going to produce probably around the age of between 20 and 30. And then after that, we start to lose bone mass. And also we start to lose bone strength. So um, a lot of women should be tested for this, usually anywhere between, I would say around 50. And make sure that, you know, get your bone density test done, you know, we and go to the doctor and see where you're at. And, um, so that at least you have a benchmark. You have a benchmark, and then you you realize you have to start doing stuff, whether it is light weight exercises, um, and also because if you do have something like this, you don't want to be that weekend warrior. You don't want to be that person like, oh, I need to get in shape, so I'm going to start lifting all these weights, and like, or I'm going to start running because I want you know I want to be in shape and I want to be fit now that I you know have more free time on my hands, and um, you they start to get stress fractures and like, well, why is this happening to me? And it's because a lot of the times is you don't realize that you might have osteoporosis or you might have osteoarthritis and you need to get everything checked out. So before you decide to do on like this crazy exercise or, you know, a lot of people at the age of 45 or 50, they're like, oh, all of a sudden like, oh, I got to get my life back together. I got to, you know, I got to strengthen. I got to, I got to be fit. I got to do this and this. And they go crazy and they join like those CrossFit classes and stuff like that. And then they're like, oh my God, I tore my hamstring. How did that happen? Why did that happen? And it's like, well, did you get like, maybe you get a full workup before you went before you started to do this crazy exercise routine so uh everyone's like no you know and it's really important go to the doctor get everything checked out make sure you're good yeah. i mean a lot of people don't go to the doctor every year it's so important every year to go to the doctor check out your bone density check out your blood levels um check out uh, a full panel for your vitamins and minerals and make minerals. sure you have everything like so many women are anemic and they don't even realize it or low low iron that's low iron yeah, yeah low I, know iron. I had that yeah. right low iron or low vitamin d I mean, vitamin D is huge. And because, folic acid. Right. And we don't get a lot of vitamin D because, you know, in the city here, we're not we're not getting sun. Mm. We're not getting light. And we're not outside. I mean, all of us are out, inside now. They're saying, I don't know, almost like 15 hours a day, like, you know, at work. And we're not we're not getting any sunlight. So. So when someone comes in and has osteoporosis mm-hmm. or osteopenia in the hips. Right. What are you, once they've been diagnosed and they come to you, what perhaps, what are you doing at um, a session, let's say? So again, we're assessing posture. I'm mm-hmm. assessing, especially in women. Women love to like wait on one leg or have one leg sticking out or look cute. And, and I always say to them right away, like I said to someone this morning, I'm like, why are you standing like that? I'm like, stand in parallel. Keep your feet. I, she yells at me all the time. I do. I yell at I'm not trying to look cute. I just, <laughs> since I was... 12, <laughs> just one hip yeah. kind of moves over. Right. Yeah. And everyone likes to like And it's that comfortable posture. now. Yeah. It's not if comfortable you, the other way. <laughs> I mean, if you ever take a look at magazines or, or anything on social media and you see all of these women pose in pictures and I'm like, okay, this is so bad for you in so many ways. <laughs> and... um uh, so you're not looking at the outfit. You're no, looking I'm not. At- <laughs> I was literally looking. I was on the corner of um, on Broadway and 40th this morning, and this woman's shoes were terrible. They were all worn in on one side, and she's walking with this limp, and she was complaining on her phone about her hip that was hurting her. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to grab her right now and tell her, oh, my God, you, you need new shoes, and you need to put an arch support in your shoe, and you need to stand. But I was like, if I do that, she's going to think I'm absolutely nuts and be like, get away from me, you crazy woman. And I just want you to know, listeners, that 
I had discovered later on in life, I guess, everyone knew except me about Javianas. <laughs> and so I come in one day and I tell Melissa about the Javianas. They're so comfortable. And instead of getting the sharing, smiling response that I think I'm going to get, <laughs> Melissa says, I hope you're not wearing those. <laughs> outside on the sidewalk and I said well if I go to the grocery it's, it's July and, and she said I can't believe this you are not allowed to wear those outside I see people walking around what did you she went whoa I was no. like okay all right I promise I promise yeah I hate women's shoes drive me insane like I always say I want to kill the person who invented heels um <laughs> Um, they were not definitely in the medical field because it, it it puts your body at such a pitch and it affects your hips so much. And then we are in a concrete city. You cannot be walking around in four-inch heels and think that this is not going to do damage down the line. I mm -hmm. mean, to your hip socket, everything. Um, we just – you're not supposed to walk in those. I mean, like you have to think back to, I don't know um, – I, at the dawn of time and the people were walking around in barefoot and sandals um we are not supposed to be in heels yeah so um unfortunately you know they are pretty and everyone thinks it looks great and makes your leg look great and thin and slim um but it's terrible it's terrible i mean and especially there's with reason. the yeah with the osteoporosis in your hips or what have with you. your hips and osteoporosis you should be in a very supportive shoe um and you also balance is huge so mm -hmm. I always – one of the first things I do is like I just want you to start standing on one foot for two minutes, work up to two minutes, and they can't do it. And they're like so upset. I can't believe it. I thought I thought it, you know, I thought I had a good balance. And I said no. You know, That's also core work. Yes. Core is huge. And yeah. by core? Abdominals. Your abdominal strength. Like the ability to um, contract your abdominals um, without cue. Like a lot of us, especially moms or women that had children or C-sections, they lose that whole abdominal area and they didn't realize that, you know, they're like, well, I look great. My stomach's nice and flat. I'm like, yeah, but you're sitting in your hips right now. You're sitting in your low back. You're not using your core and you're wondering why you have back pain and hip mm -hmm. pain. Um, I said, because you were carrying your children for years, like on your hip. I always mm -hmm. ask, what hip did you carry your kids on? <laughs> they all know. Of course. Oh, yeah. And like ones that have twins, like twins is such a big thing now. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. And and I was like, yeah. So and I was like, get your weight out of your hips. Get it in your core. Use your core. I said, try to talk to me and have a conversation while pulling in your abdomen. They can't do it. And it's hard if you if you are unaccustomed to it. Or if you're not trained, sure. If you're not trained. Sure. I mean, you have to really, you have to think about it. Right. You have to think hard about it. And a lot of people don't realize like wait, this is supposed to be on all the time? I said, all the time. I said, when you're sitting, it's supposed to be on. And for whatever reason, especially if you've had children or anything like that or been had C-sections, um, you lose that. And unless you retrain that, you'll it won't come back. And then that's when the back pain starts and the hip pain starts. So how does one retrain that? It, 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 what is it? It's just holding in your stomach muscles as much as you can remember when you're sitting or? Right. When you're walking, I always tell them like, you know, do some like small contractions of your stomach when you're sitting in the subway or you're sitting on, the, on a train ride or a car ride. Um, I said, when you're walking, I do the conversation thing. Have a conversation with somebody while holding your stomach. See how long you can go without losing your breath because mm -hmm. you shouldn't be holding in your breath. That's another thing. So that's why I say talk. Mm -hmm. So then it forces you to use your 
abdominal muscles and not um, hold your breath in because that's not what what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then there's various like core exercises um, to do. Pilates is huge. Um, Pilates is really great. Um, because also for osteoporosis, for women with osteoporosis or osteoarthritis, you don't want to be in too much um, of a weight-bearing position and cause like an inflammatory response. So what you want to do is a lot of the exercises in Pilates are laying down and it's really strengthening your core mm-hmm. and there's a lot of balance to it um, for the, some of the standing stuff. And it's really great for women, especially between the ages of 45 and 65. And do, do you do Pilates? I do Pilates. Yep. I do Pilates. Um, I take a class on Fridays uh, where I live and um, it's very difficult. And that's the problem. A lot of people, they go to the Pilates class. They're like, I hate this because it's hard. You know, they want something easy. They're like, I just want to go to Zumba and dance around. I'm like, yeah, but you're not you're not using the right muscles. You could be injuring yourself. And you're not and focusing do. on it. Not focusing. I know. I mean, it's taken me a while with Pilates. I'm not a huge no, aficionado a, myself no. because it's very slow yeah. and steady. Right. And uh, when I was a gym rat, I'm not a gym rat anymore. Right. But I used to love step class. Yeah. And bopping around. Sure. And, and dance class because right. those uh, there was a lot of movement. Right. And not a lot of thinking. So, like, no. in Pilates, you have to think a lot. Like, am I using the right muscles? Am I in the right form? Um, there's a – every week, my Pilates instructor started laughing at me. She's like, I finally realized why you turn and face the other way for the first half of the class. And she's like, you don't want to look at anybody. And I said, Right. I said, I can't stand to look at anybody because I want to get up and start fixing everybody, and I'm there for me. <laughs> it's like my one hour a week for me, and I'm like, I can't look at anybody because it, it, it makes me so upset. And there's so many people that, um, for women especially, like they lose that – you start to lose your hamstring flexibility, and they start slouching and – they have all this back pain and they're aching and they're complaining the whole time. And I would love to help every one of them, but you need it's my time. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Especially like my one hour. And you have two little boys, yeah. so you're you're yeah, going. So I'm like in over my head. So it's um but yeah, no Pilates or or some form of yoga. I don't suggest doing like a crazy yoga class where they're, you know, constantly in headstands and doing chaturanga. Does heated, you know, hot yoga, is that what do you, is that good for women? If you're going through menopause, you are not going to go to a hot yoga no. class. No. And and if you don't like heat like me, I I've been told I have too much, I think it's yan. Too much yan in my body. My acupuncturist said to me um which is like too much heat. Um, I don't like anything above 80 degrees. I get very cranky. Um, and when I, when I first, really, yeah, when I first started, when I'll never forget, I was like, when I was 21, I was working with the Lion King and, um, they're like, come do this new thing, this new Bikram yoga, hot yoga. And I was like, okay. So I went with them. And um, the wo- the woman instructor was so mean, and she's like, you cannot have water. No water breaks until I say so. And we were standing there, and all of a sudden, like, I started seeing, like, stars, sparklies. I'm like, oh, this is not right. And I was like, I need water. I'm like, my body's not liking the heat. My body's not liking the heat. And then I don't remember what happened after that. I totally blacked out. And um, I woke up, and I was in the waiting area, and – like the dancers from Lion King stuff were like, oh, my God, what happened? What happened? And I was like, oh, I, I just can't do it. So it wasn't for me. So no. I'm not a yoga, not yoga person. Well, I guess we all know what we <laughs> But regular yoga. Like. Yeah. But, but, but some people love hot yoga. Um, and hot yoga is very simple um, steps in yoga. It's the very basics of positions and forms. So that's actually, you know, if you love the heat, go for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Well, what about a subject that's near and dear to my heart? <laughs> Hip bursitis and herniated discs. Yeah. And herniated discs. Well, two, two totally different things. So herniated discs are this gel between each vertebrae in your spine. And they say by the age of 21, everybody has one. Everyone has some. But no yeah. one knows because it's not symptomatic yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that gel in between your vertebrae just starts to ooze out depending on how vigorous or active your life is. Yeah, I've read that it's like a jelly donut whose filling is squirted out. Which <laughs> exactly. Is, which is, you know, a great image. Yeah, <laughs> it I, is. I, yeah, a, I, I, see those, great... I see that jelly donut in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's sad, too, because a lot of people are like, oh, okay, well, can't we just put the jelly back in the donut? And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, I said the jelly kind of comes out and then dies off, and then you know you have less and less space between your discs. So, I mean, there's been many theories where they're like, "Oh, you can do these exercises, and the gel will go back in." And then I'm like, "No, that's not true. Um, It's you know, it's just a part of life." Um, But but core core is a is a big thing with that. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like if you're standing. If you're sitting in your low back when you're standing and you're putting all that pressure on your low back, you're not using your core, things mm-hmm. are going to happen. And then add that with running or step class or Zumba, and you're, it's a wear and tear. So, so. stretch does stretch stretching help that? Well, for yeah, for women, you know, in that age range, a lot of us, like I said, we start to develop really tight hamstrings. You know, our calves get tighter. Hamstring, our IT band, which everybody hates. And along the side of your leg gets really tight. So it's really important to stay flexible. And we start to really lose our flexibility, you know, anything over 45. Mm -hmm. So being very flexible is very important. Having a strong core is very important. So but when you when you are experiencing, experiencing (laughs) hip bursitis, Uh if you're in pain for 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 a hip bursitis as opposed to frozen shoulder syndrome, right. you should be icing. Depends. Okay. D- depends. Because some people respond well to the ice mm-hmm. and some people respond well to the heat. Okay. And there's no science to it. There um, isn't. No. It's, it's just a weird thing. All right. Um. So some people are like, oh, the ice really helps me. And then I have patients who are like, no, the heat really helps me. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Do you. Whatever works. I think, I think our bodies are – I know for me it was always icing. Yeah. For a lot of people it is icing. And then like – and then I always, I'm always proven wrong. Like and then there's a woman that – I was like, oh, my God, the heat is so much – it makes my, you know, my hip feel so much better. I'm like, okay, you know what? Then do that. Mm-hmm. Then do you. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's what I hate about medicine in general because there is no – clear-cut treatment. It's not definitive. No, it's not. And and doing this for so long, I've seen so many different things that work for so many different people. And it's all a process of elimination. You have to find what works for you. And working with your with your physical therapist. Right. And 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 also having the right physical therapist. Like, some, you know, there's people that don't work well with me, and that's fine. And and then well, I that, usually say, ah, you know what, you try someone else. Well, but that's because you yell at us. I know, I do. I'm, 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 tor- I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. Um, people used to tell me that I sharpen, I sharpen my elbows. Tough I'll never love. forget that. They're like, you must sharpen your elbows at night. No, I've never and, um, had that. <laughs> Actually, I like, she yells at me. She laughs. I, the, the laugh is so infectious. I'm like, right. okay, she's yelling at me. Ha, ha, ha. All right, yeah. I'll listen. I'll listen. But and, bridges are good, too. Bridges. Bri- yes. So for hip bursitis, you want to have strong glute muscles, your butt muscles. So you want to strengthen those glutes. Bridges are really important. Um 
lying on your side and lifting the side like the that, Jane Fonda yes <laughs> side lying hip abduction um, is what the technical term is uh, clamshells planks planks are great for core and for um, low back I never knew about planks until I was in my late forties and right. had become a gym rat and. I remember the first time I did a plank, it was excruciating. It was, yeah. And then I could do a whole minute. And at one point, I could do over three minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Don't ask me now. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of the performers can hold it up to five minutes. Oh, yeah. And so what, but the norm is two minutes. So if, the, if anybody wants to try anything like that, try a plank and see if you can hold it for two minutes. And if you do a plank every day, that's so good for everything, for your back, for your hips. As um, long as you're doing it correctly. As long as you're doing it correctly, yeah. You don't want your butt in the air. Um, you don't want to be lowering in your in your stomach or Especially causing a sway. Especially when you start getting tired. Back. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that means you have to quit. Um, the minute you start to feel pain, you should quit right away. So if also there's a way if, if you're not quite aware of your body because you can think you're – you could think you're really in a plank full position. But you're not. But you're not. So you need to do it either mirror. at the gym or <laughs> some mirror somewhere you in the house. You need a mirror. You right. need a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Or I always say to people um, also, like, if you can, like, videotape yourself or have someone take a picture of you. That's a good idea. Uh, yeah. I, a lot of times I always tell people, take a picture of you doing the exercise. Let me see. Send it to me. Yeah. Um, so I could see you know, what the problem is. Because mm-hmm. they'll say, like, sometimes, oh, this hurts. I don't understand why this exercise hurts. And I'm like, well, let me see it, you know, because I can't. You know, That's I right. I did that for you once where right. uh, my husband videotaped me while I was doing it. And yes. And I came and I showed you, and you would, you told me how to adjust it. Right. Because right. when I do it with you, obviously I'm doing it correctly or I can get an immediate feedback, whereas at home – you feel that you're doing it correctly, but you're you're actually not. Right. You could be doing harm. So, yeah. you know, it's always good to have constant, constant rapport with your therapist. Well, I was going to ask you about when to use an ice pack and a heat pack. I think we kind of – there's no, <laughs> there's really a no definitive, you know, formula. No. But, so when is it best – before people see you, is it – does the doctor usually say – or should you ask for, I need an ultrasound, I need an MRI? No, the doctor will know when it's warranted. And if they believe by what you're telling them, you know, what your subjective info is, if you need that MRI or that ultrasound, usually they start with an x-ray. And um, Oh, the really thing that's really important is I always tell people to tell their doctors, I want a standing x-ray. You can't possibly see the stresses on a joint or on bone with a x-ray laying down you can't so you have to ask for that standing x-ray okay. it's so huge because you can't possibly see the stress on the spine the stress in the hip or the knee or the ankle unless you do that standing x-ray all right so always so. Oh, it's always good to ask for that and they'll, they'll kind of be impressed that you knew that and it's like where who'd you hear that from how do who told you that and it's a. Uh, yeah. So from there, from what they see on the x-ray, then they'll determine if do this person need an MRI or does this person need a CAT scan. And then they'll always probably refer you to physical therapy from there. Mm-hmm. And as far as over-the-counter treatments, I know, we're, I mean, we're not prescribing anything here, but <laughs> um, if you're in pain and you can't get to the doctor till Tuesday, right? Uh, are, do you take a... What, an anti-inflammatory. An anti-inflammatory. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would take an anti-inflammatory um, if you feel like the pain and, and swelling. And it, it's very telling, too, because if you take the anti-inflammatory and it works, 
then you know, all right, then I'm dealing with something with inflammation or, or you know, muscle. And if it doesn't work, then it might be something else. It might be something and else. That's really important. Then you do get to the doctor. But I would preface, even though it's after what we just said, but I will say that uh, if, you know, we're just talking here. Right. But if people have medical conditions or or things are going on or they're not sure, then call your doctor and say, I'm in pain. Is it okay if I take this anti-inflammatory or what anti-inflammatory or what can sure. I take? Especially if you're on Don't just kind say, of oh, I listened to this podcast and so now I'm going to go. <laughs> no, please do not do that. No, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if you're on like blood pressure medication or, or any kind of heart medication or menopausal medication um, for, for anything – you need to check with your doctor first mm-hmm. and make sure you should be taking that because mm-hmm. um, there are so many contraindications to so many medicines these days. I can't even keep track. So um, definitely talk to your doctor before taking any of this um, kind of stuff. Um, and then I know the big thing, you know, now is like the CBD oil and the, you know, the blue emu oil and all these kinds of remedies. Um, again, always ask your doctor, should I be taking this? Because we don't really know, mm-hmm. you know, the side effects of things and how it might you know, work with your medicine that you're taking. And um, just because it's a fad doesn't mean that you, you know, rush out and get it. Well, I wanted to also talk about two body parts that I didn't know about till I had my injuries and I came to you. <laughs> and I've, oh, I'm, I'm fascinated. This is just Joanna being fascinated by something. The psoas muscle. Uh-huh. And the piriformis. The piriformis. So can you um, talk about that? Because maybe everybody knows about it, but I did not. <laughs> um, so the psoas muscle is a muscle in the front of your body. It goes from the 11th and 12th rib and then it attaches on the inner thigh. And it is your hip flexor muscle. So it's thing like marching and sitting and... Um, it becomes very tight because we're always in a sitting posture these days. And and unless you keep that stretched out and in a loose state, it will cause back pain or hip pain. Um, And sometimes it'll cause stomach pain and Mm. you don't even realize it. Like I had a man last week and he thought he was having uh, a hernia and he's like, I have a hernia, I have a hernia. And I was like, no, 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 no. I think it's your psoas. I think it's your psoas. He's like, well, I'm going to go to my doctor and find out. And I received a text from him on Tuesday, and he's like, I can't believe you were right. It was my psoas muscle. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-huh. So I was like, yes, you're not dying. You don't have a hernia. You don't need to have hernia surgery. But when you you press on that psoas muscle near where the hip bone is. Well, it's your organs. So like you're pressing right into someone's intestines. So they're like, oh, my God, like, are you, are you supposed to be doing this to me? Like, is this normal? And, you know, they're like, are you going to damage my organs? But, <laughs> so it, like, but it releases no. it. It releases it. It releases it, yes. And you usually get a quick release in the back as well because there's something around all our muscles and connected to everything, and it's called fascia. Mm. So the fascia from your hip flexor, your psoas, connects to your back. And unless sometimes when you release that, then you'll release other parts and the backside of um, your muscles in the back, and they're all kind of intertwined with this fascia. So it really helps to release the front, which is the hip flexors, the psoas, as well as the back muscles in conjunction of the two, and it really causes a lot of relief. Okay. Now, how is the is the psoas connected to the piriformis? P- piriformis. No. So your piriformis <laughs> is in your in intertwined. It's in your 
butt muscles or your glutes. It's where your pelvis is. And the piriformis, unfortunately, becomes very tight because the only way to really stretch it is going into this kind of uh, what what yoga people call a pigeon pose or um, an external rotation of the hip. And um, who does that? Not many people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, someone who does yoga or someone who's in dance or performing arts might do that position. But other than that, no one really mm-hmm. is doing that position. So it becomes very tight. And unfortunately, right there is something called your sciatic nerve. Yes. So what happens is when that gets pinched or when that muscle becomes very tight, it shuts off the supply to the sciatic nerve. And then you get this horrible burning um, and pain down your leg. Which, the many back women, your leg. which many women have experienced. Which many women, which yeah. many women have experienced, yes. So the best thing to do is doing that stretch, the pigeon pose or the uh, – it's also called figure four stretch where you, you know, turn your leg out and you – you can lay down and do it, or you can do it um, the yoga way, the pigeon pose way, and um, keep that muscle stretched. The other way you can deal with it is by putting that wonderful um, lacrosse ball or pinky ball, which mm-hmm. we use, and release that muscle. I love those. <laughs> I love those. I could be painful. <laughs> it's painful. I, my, I gave it to my sister. She can do it. <laughs> no, and a lot of people won't, won't do, it. do it. No, but I, I guess I seek pain. I don't know because. <laughs> I was like, you yeah, the this pain. really <laughs> hurts, but I know it's going to feel better, and it does. <laughs> it does. You know, it really does. It really does. And um, this little ball, which is like nothing, <laughs> and I always tell people it's like a dog ball. It's like a rubber ball. Yes. And you like literally stick it in your butt, and you, you know, you can go on the floor, or you can go against the wall if you don't want to get down on the floor, and it really releases it. And you'll, I promise you, you will feel so much better, and then you'll be doing it all the time, like Joanna, and. <laughs> You want to know what I did? You know what I did once? (laughs) It's not. It's on the side. Right. I remember when I was having problems and we were going to the theater. Right. And I was, I was, I can't sit. I can't, I just can't sit for that long. And so I brought this little ball. You brought the ball? I brought the Watching the play and it 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 helped me get through the whole evening. It's, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so it's so crazy. Like, it was crazy. It's, it is. And it I is. was and I was just it, it was winter, so there were coats and all, so I could kind of <laughs> nobody hide could it. See. <laughs> but when we got up mm. for intermission, I was oh, like, no. no, can't get up right away. Gotta kind of get the ball, put it in my bag I secretly. Know. <laughs> and if you got up, and what if the ball got the away ball? from you? <laughs> Like all these people like falling over this. What is this ball? Where's my ball? Is there a ball under your chair? No. <laughs> I remember you telling me that story, and I forgot if it was in a theater or a movie house. It was in and a, I was well, like, I did it a few other places. <laughs> I, when I was in, I went on a vacation, and again, I was, I was. It's so much severe pain, and <laughs> and I said we're going to a concert, and it's a classical concert, and it was. And I brought my ball. Only it had we had folding chairs, so oh, no. I, and it was summer. So there was, I know there was this woman behind me. She was young. She was gorgeous and sexy. And here I am taking out with this ball, ball in your butt. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> just need to get rid of. And they're this. probably looking at you shifting in your chair, yes. like, what's wrong with this like, woman? Does she have hemorrhoids or something? I hope it's not. You know. 
odd. It's just odd. Uh, God knows what else they were thinking. Oh, no. But anyway, I, at that point, I was like, I don't care anymore. So getting back to that, too, the yes. other important thing that everyone should buy or have in their house is a foam roller. Yes. So, yes. Yes, that the was foam on roller. my list. <laughs> foam roller. Go out and buy Exclamation a 6 36 foam roller. Um, and you roll out your hamstrings, your IT band, which it's so painful. Um, yeah, I, I promise going you. To say, yes. Please, everyone, realize that it's very painful. It's very painful. But it works. No pain, no gain. Um, especially well, in this instant. Um, and also you can you can roll out your quads and your calf muscles and your back. It so, feels so good on your back to roll out with the foam roller, especially after sitting all day. If you could just get on that foam roller, I do it every day when I get home and just kind of stretch out my back and roll everything out. It really makes a big difference. And even if you lie on it um, – parallel with a with a foam roller and lie on it and just kind of do like snow angels or um arm movements arm circles it really helps to open up your chest especially that pec muscle that we were talking about before for mm-hmm. women with the with the rounded forward shoulders it what's really the helps best open si- you up. what's the best size the six by 36 the six by 36 yeah, it's the best size okay yeah because you can Cause lay on smaller it. ones too yeah but... like um the smaller ones i usually tell people if they have to travel a lot mm-hmm. like a lot of women exec- executives or women that travel a lot for shows or theater or whatnot i always have them bring the small one and someone was just telling me i think there's this one now that deconstructs like you can deconstruct it and then put it together which would know. be really neat i have to look at that um, i have a very large green foam roller foam roller <laughs> who i've nicknamed harold <laughs> you know and, and do you like harold or you do I, not like i harold? like harold but we're not the best of friends <laughs> it's a mutual acquaintance yes <laughs> But uh, I've had him for a few years now, and um, and he does work his magic. So there you go, Harold. I remember that. You like that one? I'm yeah, glad. I do. I also... So anyway, um, now dancers. Yeah, dancers have because they've used their bodies so excessively. Exactly. Once you hit middle age, right? And I think we have a lot of dancers or in in the in the listening audience okay. what what are the common issues that you find with dancers uh, hip pain okay it's major um mm-hmm. it, it, it's from years of being on all these different stages um and a lot of people probably don't realize like radio city is mm-hmm. a steel stage like is imagine it? yeah like so imagine like dancing on that for years especially if you were like a rockette i can't and in top of it a three inch to four inch heel right Okay. Those women so, are amazing. They're truly amazing. They're they're they're, they're gifted. They're our beyond heroes. Yeah, I know. They are. They're magnificent. <laughs> and um, so, or even in you know in Broadway and stuff like that, all heels are usually probably a minimum of three inches. So they're going to have a lot of hip pain or hip problems. So their hips break down. Their the the lining of the hip basically breaks down as you get older, and even more so if you've been very active or you mm-hmm. know. So. With um with that and a lot of them like after they're done performing or they're retired they um stop doing everything mm-hmm. you know they might still exercise but they're not doing it to the extent that they were doing it so they start to feel everything mm-hmm. oh my gosh my hips you know my, or like this groin pain they start having and this de- decreased space in their hip so for them it's very important to stay flexible. And, and the roller really is helping when you're roller. talking about because what I'm what I'm walking away from here with mm-hmm. the conversations that we're having, which I know, but you always need to be reminded too, is stretching mm-hmm. core, 
roller helps. Roller. Yep. Yep. And taking, you know, taking good care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, wearing those flat shoes, <laughs> not wearing heels. Brought me back to the heels again. She has instilled that into me that every time <laughs> I put on, a, if I have to go out, I put on a pair of high heels. I'm like, Melissa's not going to be happy. Someone once told me. Um, and that, I haven't seen you in like over a year, no. but I still say to myself, uh, Melissa's not going to be happy. Yeah. There's so many people that have said to me, you're in my head constantly. Like every time I put something on or I wear a bag, because like, that's my big thing the too. Bag, the the bag. bag. I know. Like I, I don't stress it enough. I hate the tote bag. It's so bad for your shoulder. Um, I love tote bags, I know. by the way. They, women I've love tote bags. Yeah. And I was like, why see, can't over the that shoulder that one bag? right there in the yeah. corner? Yeah, I know. And they're like, you know, backpack and they're like, oh, backpack. That's terrible. How, how could you ask me to wear that? And I was like, well, backpacks are coming in now and they're they yeah, are they actually are. I know. So I'm like so happy. I'm like someone's listening. Someone actually is uh definitely. But you see, as a native New Yorker, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking somebody is going to try to pickpocket my backpack. Oh, okay. So that's me. Oh, that's you. Um, yeah, so, no, yeah, so, I'm mm. always concerned about that. That's true. That's true. Um, Don't listen to me. What do I know? Well, I always say like, put your important stuff at the bottom of the backpack. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, or, or like an over something, a, a cross body bag. Yes. You know, because the, the tote bag, and that's the other problem. Women carry so much crap in their bags and it's they don't realize how bad it is for your shoulder and your neck over time to be lugging that kind of stuff and i've some women now i've gotten them to who are moving around all day in the city to wear to carry those traveling um backpacks the ones on wheels oh yes yeah so i've gotten like and like i have women that say oh my god it's changed my life and it's true um so yeah no i don't well, this has been very informative. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much. You're welcome. I hope everyone has perhaps learned something. I hope so. Yes. Even one tidbit. <laughs> and uh, so we always end with, we ask a few questions. And one is, what makes you smile? My kids. Yeah. They're so adorable. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, seeing them happy and uh, spending time with them is huge. And I'm realizing it's going so fast. They're now 8 and 11 and they're growing up so fast. And I'm, you know, my friend the other day was like, treasure it because they grow up so fast and then they don't want you around anymore. And, yeah. uh, they're, you know, they won't, you know – Someone said the other day, uh, I came in and my kids stopped. My dentist came in and said, uh, my kids stopped coming in and, like, running to the door when I get home. He's mm. like, it all stopped. He's like, so treasure it. Like, enjoy it. Um, so they make me smile. And and, um, and seeing how my husband is with them is, is so um, great. And uh, so, yeah, they that's what makes me happy. <laughs> and what steams you? Uh, what steams me? Um, what seems me is how I think everyone's become so self-absorbed and how we've forgotten to look at each other in the eyes anymore or say hello or, you know, I always make it a point every day when I get off my bus or I get on my bus, I say good morning to the bus driver and I get off the bus and I say, have a nice day or, you know, just, just being kind to one another and, and, and don't forget that we all exist and, 
And I feel like everyone doesn't pay attention to anyone anymore. Like you feel like the whole city is like looking down at their phones and not paying attention to what's going around them. And um, so, yeah, that's really irks me that we've lost a lot of communication with each other um, as human beings. I think you're right. I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. And I'll change it around a bit. (laughs) Do you have a favorite TV crush? Oh, like like um, uh, someone I think is attractive? I don't know. what. How do you interpret TV crush? <laughs> well, I've been watching um, the, the Sandy – is it Sanditon? I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Forgive me. Um, the Jane Austen PBS miniseries that's on right now. Oh, I haven't Sandy seen it. <laughs> the man – and I don't know his name, the character, but the young man that – the girl, I think she was pining over him. He's very attractive. Oh, all So right. I find him very attractive. Okay. Um, but you don't have his name. No. Oh, all right. No. We'll have to look it up. Yeah. I don't know but his name I, either. I, I mean, I'm still in awe. I'm Brad Pitt, I'm in awe. That's good. Like someone said the other day, um, I think it was Trevor Noah said the other day that he's like Benjamin Button, his character Benjamin <laughs> Button. He's like getting better with age. And I'm like, how does he do this? He's, he's got like a aging. glow. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so not fair because women like <laughs> – it's like don't, why can't women do, do that? Don't go there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I feel like, um, yeah, no. So that would that he's still my crush. He's my my crush since like Legends of the Fall. Like really, still, yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I've always been obsessed with him. Um, so yeah. And if you had to give any women advice mm-hmm. who are turning forty, going to their forties, <laughs> going to their fifties, you have any words of wisdom? Um, take time for yourself. More than anything, spend at least, you know, give an hour to yourself a week. And especially um, if you have craziness and a crazy life going on, um, take time to think about yourself, what makes you happy, um, what you want for yourself. I don't I don't think uh, women in general do that a lot. I think we are such givers mm. and we we always are um, worrying about everyone else but ourselves. That's huge. Okay. Well, thank you, Melissa. Oh, you're welcome. As usual, always wonderful. Oh, thank you. So I have a book recommendation. We always do a book recommendation. Okay. Being an avid reader. This isn't a new book. This has been out for quite some time, but I enjoyed it. And so I took it off my bookshelf and I'm planning to reread it. So I thought I'd mention it. Okay. It's called Elegance by Kathleen Tesaro. Kathleen with a K. T-E-S-S-A-R-O, Tesaro, and it's called Elegance. And Elegance is about a woman in midlife who looks to a fictional French fashion expert in a book who who promises to transform women into creatures of grace and poise. And she also advises on husband problems, false friends, and good quality sexy lingerie. (laughs) Okay. So it's basically an alphabetical journey from A to Z about timeless fashion, true friendship, and the unexpected gift of love. So it's just enjoyable. It's a fun read. It's kind of like chitlet. Chick, chick, lit. Chitlet with a fault. Femlet, <laughs> not chicklets. But anyway, it's a woman's mm. book. So we'll close with our motto Remember, Remember kindness, kindness counts. counts. Thanks, Melissa. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Is this a real and Is this a real?